0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Now What. This is Gabriele Zennaro, your host, and you're listening to episode number 18 of the podcast. This time around, I'll bring you one of my mentors and uh, a guy that I really look up to. He is Jordan Carroll, and right now he's chilling it in Mexico. And I hope I will go and join him soon. But uh, I really want to bring bring you this story because it is a different way to see uh, a career after college, and a different way to see life, uh, a different way to experience it. So it is going to be a little different than the than the stories that I brought you before. But I believe you got to hear this. And so please let me know your feedback as always. During the interview, we're going to touch on how important is being part of something, the importance of building a network, how to win the interview process, and how to navigate a company from within. But then we're going to touch on self-development and how to understand what you want to do, um how to make decision by flipping a coin <laughs> and you're gonna like that and uh, and the importance of taking the next small step he's gonna drop some good philosophy in there and i hope you will join that so i'll see you later
1: hello jordan uh, jordan is one of the my favorite person people on on online and after one conversation he actually changed my mind about what I wanted to do. So I
2: hope <laughs> this is going to be the same. And so yeah, welcome to Now Man. Hey, thanks for having me. I changed your mind after one conversation. I think you, you probably had a different uh, uh, decision in your head then. If, if only one conversation changed it. I mean the strategy session that we had for fifteen minutes that
1: that was changing my mind. I, I, I thought I was going to Silicon Valley and now I'm thinking about going to Mexico. So, you know. There you go, man. Meet me down in Mexico, <laughs> bro. I'll be here. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, welcome to Pino you know, Watt again. Uh, I'm grateful to have you here and I want to ask you a little bit about your background first. I, and I want to start from, from, from very early, so from high school and then what you did in college
2: and how did you end up in the situation that you are right now? Okay. So where you where do you want me to start? When I was uh, when I was baby, when I was high school. born. Yeah, high yeah. school. <laughs> you, you can you can start from there. You, you, you take you take yourself. I don't remember that part, man. I don't remember that part. Uh, I do remember high school. I remember being kind of a, an outcasted youth, uh, not really knowing where I fit in. Uh, I you know I wasn't with the popular crowd or anything. So I found that that most of the time. The way that i could relate to people or or the reason that i hung out with people was because we'd smoke weed together so that was like (laughs) that was what i was seeking at the time was whatever escape that i could have from the real world and and also you know when you try to fit in right and and fitting in at that time in my life was was around uh, marijuana was around drugs i started taking um, harder drugs too at probably age 16 17. It, all in the name of just kind of fitting in with people and just like trying to find like like why I was so uncomfortable like socially, I was very socially anxious, so those things, what I thought they did was get me closer to people, but in reality, they were pushing me farther apart from people and pushing me farther apart from myself. So when I think of my high school years, I don't think of it very fondly I think of you know, rejection of feeling outcasted. I've, I I remember struggling to find friends, and I think that was all part of my process of kind of growing into who I am now. And I I think it was actually a good thing that that happened because I was able to then redefine myself in university and and. And going forward i realized oh well i don't have to be that person anymore i don't have to be that shy socially anxious person um, who who had those struggles Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah and that is um, i totally relate to
1: that you know uh, i don't recall high school in good terms as well
2: and uh, and i think it is a pretty common thing the the very well let me say people. this if you're if you high if high school was the peak of your life then that's a sign right that's that's, that's the problem that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if if you remember the glory days and the glory days where it was everything that happened in high school then shit what happened after that oh, that's what i want yeah, where did it fall there, apart
1: there are a couple of people that recall the high school with the the best like the, their their best memories are in high school sure. and this is fucking scary but the the, the the stories that i that I heard from the most successful people that I interviewed or that I talked to everybody in high school had a bad experience everybody like eighty yeah. percent let's say i believe it so so okay and after high school so where, first first question is where where were you uh in high school where where was high school? And then what did you do do in college? Did you go to college?
2: Yeah, I'm from the Bay Area in California. So near in between Oakland and San Jose in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I grew up there and then I went to college about three and a half hours north at Chico State University, Uh, number one party school of 1990 in Playboy magazine. So a little trivia fact for you. Uh, and and I went there and I went there because of that reputation in part, because I knew that if, because I was, I felt like such a loser in high school, I was like, well, I can be this cool new person that goes to Chico and like, everybody has fun there. I go live in the dorms. And that was my experience. Like I went to, uh, I lived in a dorm. It was a nine story dorm. It was the highest, it was the tallest building North of Sacramento on the West coast of the United States. And it was a nine-story dorm with two two of the floors were all females, and then every other floor was co-ed. So if you can imagine that, it's, I don't know how how many people would that be. It's something like probably fifty to eighty people on a floor times nine. It was crazy, man. Oh, too- it was a uh, yeah. It was uh, I, I prioritized partying and and escaping that's what I'd call it escaping because for me it was all about the what could I do to to not have to deal with my own shit and the funny thing about all that was I had gotten good grades my entire life like I, I was I was a 3.6 GPA in high school I was a 3.4 GPA in college so regardless of the partying I was still doing my work but I, I always felt like outside of the, schol- the scholastic work that I was doing that I needed to fit in, I needed to be part of something and I, I needed to feel validated. I, needed, va- I needed, needed validation from other people that I was cool. And that was a big driving force for, for why that was so important to me at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And what did, what, what did you study? What was the academic part in, in, in
2: college? What would what you do in there? I was in the business administration um, major and I studied marketing and I was part of the sales program. So there was also a sales program within that college of business. And I was part of the sales team. So we actually did role plays with other schools and like competitions and things like that. So sales and marketing has always been part of my formal education and then in practice in my business. And then outside of that working for other organizations, I've always been in sales.
1: Mm-hmm. cool and what happened after after college did you graduate on time did you party for the for all four years or what, Dep- what yeah then? depends
2: depends what you what on time means i graduated in five years so but five yeah. years five years at chico was very normal that was a very normal thing it was not out of the like most of the people that i knew graduated in five years it was actually kind of weird if you graduated in four so uh, it's true. That's a true story. It's, it's a true story. So after long that, I moved to so Boston. you want to stay
1: in Chico. That's what you're saying, right? Like you want exactly. to stay in Chico. You don't want to leave yeah, Chico.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want to stay in that fantasy land as long as you can. Like that's, that's right. the, for most people, it's, it's the goal is to stay there. So I moved to Boston after that. I got a job with IBM. I got that job through one of my mentors at the time who was part of that that sales team. So he had inter- he had introduced me to a recruiter at IBM, and I was the first person that was hired in that training program for IBM from my college. So my initial thought can I, was, can I stop how- you stop me one sec? Yeah, yeah. So
1: what was the? You were still networking though in in college. You were still part oh, yeah. of organizations or 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 stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I was probably part of seven different organizations in college. I, I started a fraternity there, so I was a founding member of a fraternity. I was part of the Young Americans for Liberty organization. I was part of the sales team. I was part of a different different volunteer groups. I was very involved, but that didn't happen until probably sophomore, soft, later in sophomore year, junior year, when I really started getting involved in other things outside of just, you know, drinking and smoking and partying, all that sort of stuff. But it was important to me. I knew that that was going to be important. I don't know why I knew it was important, but it occurred to me that the way that I would be successful in life was that I would be able to leverage relationships. And a lot of relationships I carry to this day are from that time in college as well as, as, well as afterwards. But I do have a lot of very important relationships in my life that started at Chico where I went to school.
1: hmm and that that was was uh, what I was uh, looking for uh, the importance of mm-hmm. networking in, in in even in the early stage and uh, like you can have fun but just keep in mind yeah like
2: well you never know you, do- you never know where those relationships are going to, to end and, and if you align yourself with the right types of people it's like some of the people that I know now from college like they're high level executives in mid to large companies some of them like that's pretty crazy right like I'm, I'm about 30 years old so once you start getting into the lower 30s and you start to look around you you're like wow these people are doing pretty good or <laughs> or the, you know the other way around where you're like I'm you know I'm you you wish the best for people but some some people you know are on their own pace right but if you do look around and, and you get to 30 35 it's like people are starting to hit strides in, in their professional career where now your network is not just people in these entry-level positions, it's people with actual power. That's huge because I can make a phone call of people who are decision makers. They'll answer my phone call. They'll do, you know, they'll they'll have a favor for me, like whatever. So the more that you align yourself with people early that you can see that in, the, the better. And this goes for mentees as well. Like at some point in your career, maybe Five, 10 years down the line, you're gonna be maybe in management, you're gonna be maybe in an executive position at a company, you're gonna to have to started a startup, whatever, be a decision maker, and I'll be able to call you, like, hey man, like, you know, th- th- this is what I'm thinking for a partnership, this is what I'm thinking for what would bring value to your company, hey, I come on my podcast, like whatever, but you have the access. Access is key. And I think the earlier you build access to people that you can see that development and um, the better life's gonna be. Because you can be a value to them, they can be a value to you, and that's how relationships work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been thinking of, of that a lot. Some I tend to pass my time, for example, with people that are older, and mm-hmm. uh, because I, I find better with people that are older. But right? you gotta you gotta stay in touch with the with, with your peers as well and have fun with your peers as well. Like I mean, for you, sure. you got you got. You got time to have fun as well. But okay, so what happened after, uh, what happened after, after college? You said you went down to Boston. So w- did you go to Boston because you had a position with IBM? Or did you, yeah. did you go to Boston and then had a position with IBM?
2: Yeah, my, so my training with IBM, I was hired as a full-time uh, employee and it was a training. So I went to Boston and that was the start of my career there and I moved in with two people who I'd never met before, who were also in the same situation. So they hired a few different people for that office and three of us lived together. It was this one girl, another guy, all from very different walks of life. And it was so funny, like just to be in that situation where the first time you meet someone officially is helping them carry their stuff up the stairs to your shared apartment. You're just like, oh, hi. like. Yeah. And it creates a, it created a very interesting dynamic for us three. And it was one girl too, it was a girl and two guys, which is the first time I'd lived with, you know, a woman that was not from my family. And, you know, it was, <laughs> it was us commuting together an hour and a half, uh, great work, you know, or it was about an hour to work, but you know, some days would be two depending on the traffic and yeah, that was our life for the next nine months. Uh, it sounds like, it
1: sounds like fun in there more than more than training uh, well, and position. all all
2: three of us had never i mean we never lived on the east coast either so the, the 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 city was new the people were new the the work was new it was all of our first job you know like it's a crazy thing when you put it's like a reality show man
1: yeah, yeah. You kind of make it in that in that situation after 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 college. You have the first job. You kind of make it. You made it, right? So if you if you are in, with people in the same situation, I can imagine that was a fun situation to be in in uh, yeah. in Boston. But so what? What? So what? Did you start? What was the? What was the title? Uh, how did you start in IBM? And how yeah, did you s- did you get the job in IBM? Do you remember? How did I get it? Yeah, and yeah, what was, was
2: the through- yeah, that was through one of my mentors. So that was a, a, one of my teachers, professors in university who taught the sales program and was part of that sales team. I was talking about, I developed a really close friendship with him and mentorship with him and he he's, I still keep in touch with him to this day. And he is the one who passed along my resume to the recruiter at IBM because he had the contact and no one else had gotten a position there before. So it was, it was a new kind of paving the way. Right. And the cool part about that is I never applied. Like, that's the thing about jobs, man. It's like, they're much more, you're much more likely to receive a position. If you know the person who has a stake or you can help to build the trust through someone who knows somebody. Give you another example. I'm working with a client right now who's in her second round of interviews with a company that did not have a job application for the job that she was looking for. She just had an internal reference and then I had an internal reference. We, she, then she had informational interviews with both of them, figured out who it is that she needed to reach out to, and then we created a strategy on how to how to contact that person. We did that, now she's in the second round of interviews for a job that doesn't exist. And that's, that's the beauty of a lot of this, man, is, is when you learn how to network in that way opportunities come to you but you have to be open you have to be open to to saying yes and for me I had said yes to the IBM opportunity which was by far the best opportunity I could have had at that time and it was for a, a sales role for I was in tech sales so I was selling a software solution but at that time it was only for training so we were getting training but we still had little idea what it is we were gonna actually do outside of training. And that's where networking came in again, where you had to be able to network internally. IBM's 400,000 people. So to navigate that company, you gotta understand how social dynamics work. You gotta understand how it is that you can, can find a, an internal position to move to a team. They didn't do that for us. So it was, it was a very uh, sink or swim situation for, for all three of us.
1: Cool. So what happened after that? Walk me through your point until, until now.
2: Yeah. So I, I networked to get a position to go back to California. So after about 10 months of that training, 11 months, of that training moved back to the Bay area for, for a bit. And I worked for a team there, uh, still, still technically training but i was starting to get more responsibilities then i decided i wanted to get the hell out of the bay area because for me it was it was reminding me a lot of past lives and kind of what i had worked hard to to get past Escape. yeah and and i a lot of the people that went to college, where I went to college, moved back to the Bay Area because it's it's a huge, you know, it's a hub for jobs. So I was seeing some of the same people that I saw in college. Because of that, we would act like we were still in college. You know, we'd still go out and have these bender drinking, you know, marathons where for a couple of days straight we would just drink on the weekends and then have to go back to work on Monday. And it was, man, it was it was hard. And I, at one point, I didn't even realize that you didn't have to do that. Like I, I literally, literally, probably didn't even realize that that you could just not drink uh on a weekend it was just always assumed that hey we're gonna go out we're gonna go party we're gonna do this and i was getting paid well so you know for me it didn't feel like it was a problem i could pay for everything and i ended up saying to myself i have to get out of this environment so i moved to portland oregon and that was kind of the next part of the chapter
1: yeah tell me more
2: <laughs> uh this whole podcast is just me telling my story. Okay. Uh yeah. yeah. It so, could be
1: the first part. And the second part is going to be
2: the most the most the the funniest part. Okay. So I moved to Portland, Oregon. I, I have this complete change of perspective of who I am, of what I want. I'm still working for IBM, but I'm working remotely and I'm I'm able to travel to customer sites, but anytime I don't do that, I'm working from home super nice i i, I love that i loved portland portland's a great city and as time went on i i i started to build my network there and that's probably where i would consider my best network is in portland oregon at my best time it was just such a good city and uh, out of any city in the u.s i probably consider it home more than more than any anywhere else and i end up uh getting into a relationship that lasted about close to a year and I quit corporate. So I ended up quitting IBM and having this whole existential crisis of what am I going to do? And what's next? Why did you quit? I, when, why, why did you, quit? why? Because I realized that it wasn't what I wanted. The corporate, the environment, the, the technology that I was selling, the, the, the vibe, all of it was just off. It wasn't aligned to who I am and I mean, you see me. I wear tank tops. I live in Mexico. You know, like I, I like to cuss. It's not like I'm not like a corporate guy. I, 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 I like to wear in suits sometimes, but honestly, they get uncomfortable after a while. And I remember specifically having this one conversation about uh, about trucks. So we were working, we were working with a company that is one of the largest truck manufacturers in the world. And I'm sitting at this table with, with about four other guys, all 20, 30 years older than me, we're having this conversation about how to save this truck company money on their warranty claims for their door parts. So people send in the doors, yeah, exactly, so you're getting it. So people send in these doors and say, hey, this, this door is defective, you know, we want the the money for the the warranty, blah, 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 blah. And I, yeah, I had the same reaction. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. <laughs> I, if you could think of a more boring conversation than, than door parts, you then I implore you to to tell me because I had that moment where I saw my default future in front of me and I said, I can't. So in the background of this, what was happening was my relationship also was was kind of not, Really, where I wanted to be, I started, you know. And I, 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 I take responsibility for my shortcomings as a boyfriend in that relationship, as far as not understanding how it is that she needed to 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 be supported, and and there's certain things about me where, like, quality time for B with someone isn't necessarily like sitting down and having like long discussions and you know going into these big emotional things, like. Spending time for me could just be like co-working. Like that's honestly what I do with my girlfriend now, because we're both entrepreneurs. And I think there was this big divide between me turning into the entrepreneurial lifestyle from corporate and then realizing that I needed to spend a shit ton of time building that up, or I wasn't going to make it. And I don't know if we ever really connected on that, because she was, you know, still working at the time regular job and it just, she couldn't understand sometimes why I had to work and I couldn't shut off, you know, wanting to work. And I felt resentful that when we did things, I wasn't working and that can cause a huge stress in a relationship. So I ended up breaking up with her and I ended up work. I was working for a PR firm and I ended up deciding to leave the PR firm as well to go travel and i was like i want to move out of the country i don't want to live in the us anymore there's like so much more out there for me i'm going to go and i signed up for a program Where you? Called, uh 26 okay yeah and i i was like all right i'm going to i'm going to take off i signed up for a program called remote year uh i really wanted to work for the company as well so but so first i signed up as a customer and they they basically, for a monthly fee, will take care of all your travel logistics, like the place you're gonna stay, your co-working spot, uh, um, you travel with a community, like it's, it's a really cool program. It goes to different countries every month for people who already have remote jobs. So I sign up for this trip, it's four months. It's Europe and Africa. So I go to Lisbon, Portugal, I go to, split croatia go to prague czech republic then i go to africa south africa and by the time i get to south africa the job comes up that i wanted at the company and two of the people within the organization had already put my resume forward so i get that job without applying and it was just this crazy thing where i'm like now i work fully remotely for a fully remote like fully distributed company where i can work from anywhere and What was the company? Sorry
1: to interrupt. Remote remote year. And the 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 company was remote year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I so I did the trip with them. And part of that strategy was if I do the trip with them, I really wanted to do the trip, but if I do the trip with them, I have a much higher chance of getting a job there too. Because as you're traveling in those groups, you can interact with the employees and you can figure out the structure of the company. You get the experience as a, cons- uh, as a consumer. And then when it comes time to get the sales role, it's like, hey, I can speak to the entire experience from the customer side. So I can sell it, trust me. And that's, that's how I did it. And that's why I said in my interview and you know, obviously it went well. So I worked for them for over a year and within that year, and it's about a year and three months, I lived in Mexico. I lived in Colombia. I lived in Peru. I lived in Chile. Um, I went back to the States for a little while and it just kind of off and on for two years uh, of that. And eventually this was like last uh, August. I went full-time on my coaching business. Now my coaching business had always been in the background. It was kind of like a side business. Sometimes I'd, I'd help you know, people here and there with, with different uh, life coaching. I did a, I did a life coaching program and like I was, uh, I had a few clients that I, I would, uh, help with career coaching, things like that. But I had never like fully, fully said, all right, this is what I'm going to go all in on until then. And then everything pointed towards, Hey, I need to help people go remote because I live that lifestyle. And that that's what the remote year experience validated for me. So. Now I'm here. Does that help?
1: <laughs> it is a long story, but this is exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Because you represent something that that is not heard that that often, you know? Mm. Uh, the kind of lifestyle you have, the kind of things you do, it is a possibility that many people don't even imagine, right? For people, in st- the students in college, they don't even get that they can do something like that. People in college are thinking, yeah, I I go to work in a company and and I go to do so. yeah, but you have different options and you represent one of those options and a lot of other things that we're going to go into uh, right now. So another thing that the, the follow up question is, okay, now you're in Mexico and uh, and you have your own business, right? Mm-hmm. Remote job
0: business, remote job coaching. But uh, you said before that you were socially anxious and. You had the the high school and the and the and the college where you needed to prove something and you were not feeling good right so mm-hmm. what 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 did you do I know that you do some uh, some self development as well so
1: what did you do in there how How did you discover that word and what did you do
0: Do you remember that
2: mm, i mean self development had always been something I did in some way, right? Like in, in university, I, I in high school, even like my grades were a reflection of that. I was always like, Hey, I'm going to at least get good grades. I played baseball for 13 years too. Like, and I, I always wanted to get better at baseball. I think I just didn't care enough about myself. Self-esteem wise, I didn't care enough about myself earlier in earlier years of my life to take care of my body, to take care of my, my mental, uh, my mental health. And that's really where it becomes you, you, you become capped in the gains that you can make in self-development because you'll only grow as far as you let yourself grow. And if you're constantly putting toxins in your body and not allowing yourself to actually reflect on what's happening, not allowing yourself to be emotionally, spiritually connected to who you who you are, you'll never know what else you can be like potential wise so over the years i started recognizing that at least for one thing the the alcohol was a problem like it was just i it, even a couple of drinks is was for me like making me feel shitty and i thought more about it and i was like you know what is this actually bringing to my life so if i if i think about a specific thing in my self development journey that helped more than anything else, it was quitting alcohol completely. It was taking it off the table. It was saying, you know, zero drinks is better than one drink. One drink is exponentially more than zero because if you have one drink, let's say you have one drink every day for a year versus zero drinks every day for a year, it's pretty big delta, right? 365 Mm -hmm. versus zero. So for me, I was like, what's what's the diminishing return on like the gap between how happy I would be if I didn't drink anything versus how happy I'd be if I had one drink and zero drinks made more sense to me. So that part of my journey was, was pretty crucial in allowing me to, to gain the self-awareness of my emotions and get more in touch into who I actually was, who I actually am. And I had been slowly, lessening my consumption of alcohol over the over the years like i I, my mid-20s mid to later 20s i really wasn't drinking as much as i did when i was you know early 20s and in my teens but to cut it off completely was it was just a huge step in the right direction i think Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and that was just one step in the direction of living a
1: healthy lifestyle or and
2: living a a a healthy yeah it, it compounds, right? So when you, talk, when you talk about self-development and your potential to develop yourself into what it is your potential is, there are things within the physical realm that, for instance, sleep. If I don't get sleep, it doesn't matter how much I want to develop myself, how much I have this fire to like do all these great things. If I don't get sleep, I'm not going to do shit because I'm gonna be too tired, I'm just not gonna have the mental clarity, blah, 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 blah. So for me, introducing a toxin to my body over and over and over again week after week was something that was really holding me back. It was capping my potential. And I think it's something that all people should look at is how their physical performance and how they treat themselves reflects their mental capacity and, and their spiritual capacity and their ability to grow their business or to do well in their job, everything impacts everything it's all connected so to try to take things out and say okay we have to have work-life balance and you know what you do outside of work is separate from what you do inside of work it's like eh, i don't know about that i think that's i think that's a myth i think that everything that you do personally will affect everything you do professionally it's it's you're one person you're not you're not compartmentalized into all these little pieces
1: yeah sure and did you did you think did you feel like the liberation from the let's say the corporate world but most like the the normal lifestyle did you feel like that step in that direction was helping you developing yourself and developing the person that you are right now
2: 110 did you think that was part that's that's the reason i do what i do is so other people can feel that liberation for themselves. I don't want other people to be like me. I don't, I don't give a shit if you're like me or not. What I do give a shit about, especially for my clients, is are they feeling liberated with choice to do what it is that makes them happy? Because what makes me happy is not gonna make everybody happy. It's not gonna make a lot of people happy, to be honest. So what is it that's gonna make you happy and how do you give yourself that option, that choice to actually do it? And that, you know, creating that liberation and that freedom is, is not easy. For a lot of people, that's scary. And it's really far away from what it is that they're used to. Because a lot of people are, are, are used to having, you know, these corporate environments, meetings, and things that they feel obligated to do that they actually don't like doing. So for me, when I, when I first got to Lisbon and I looked around, and I, I had run to, I think I might have told you the story last time, but I, I had run to the Ponte de, de Abril Viente Cinco uh, bridge. And it's this huge bridge. It looks just like the Golden Gate Bridge in California. And I'm standing under this bridge, I'm like, man, how the fuck did they build this? Like it's a huge <laughs> bridge. And you're just standing like you can stand right underneath it. The water's coming up to the um uh to the to the to the, to the platform where I'm at. And it's just like this, you know, they built this thing like 60, 70 years ago. It's like, how do they have the technology to build this? I don't get it. And amongst all that, there's nobody surrounding me. And I was, I was actually training for a marathon at that time. And I'm like, looking around I'm like, okay, there's nobody around me. Like I look down at my Google maps and I'm like, I'm in fucking Lisbon, Portugal. It was the second, it was like my second day there. And I was like, I'm doing exactly what i want to do right now that's Mm -hmm. never i could have never i don't feel like i've ever said that before and that moment is what i want other people to have
1: Mm -hmm. and so let's talk about travel as as a probably a way to 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 liberate yourself from from what you're used to and then to see other perspectives seems like seems like your the ear at the remote ear was useful for you in order to understand mm-hmm. that. Can you, can you tell me more about what do you think and if you, if you suggest traveling or what you suggest for college students, for people that are graduating, uh, in order to understand themselves, in order to, to actually understand what they want to do and to avoid that period of life that you had incorporated that maybe was a period of life when you got, when you got backwards,
0: you know, could be.
2: I will say this, I don't take any of it back. I would have done it the same way. Sure. That, that for I spent four years in corporate, but that's, that's why I am who I am today. I, so I wouldn't take any of that away. The problem that I see more often is that people that are in university or college, younger folks are trying to avoid those mistakes and that keeps mm-hmm. them in paralysis. That keeps them from doing something. The problem is that if you don't have a feedback loop that is telling you, whether, and what do I mean by feedback loop? Well, let's just say this, action will always be better than inaction as far as giving you some type of clarity for what it is that you should do, what it is you think you might wanna do, blah, blah, blah. If you're just stuck in your head thinking, oh, like, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that, you are delaying any progress forward. If you take a step, and use your best educated guess on what it is that you think you should do and most people know intuitively what they think they should do but if you just take that at least first step that small first step you might be wrong but you're right to take the step because that's what's going to show you what to do next it, you will mm-hmm. not know what to do next by thinking about it you'll know what to do next by doing it mm-hmm. yeah. and,
1: uh, your brain works like an algorithm and you, you actually know the, the answer mm-hmm. and you have to trust your gut. And sometimes just to yep. take that action, just be courageous enough to take that action, you know,
2: and flip a, flip a coin while the coins in the air. Think about what, it, what is it that you were hoping that it landed on? Uh-huh. If you were hope if uh-huh. you have two options and you're like, all right, let's flip a coin. You'll instinctually start to feel like, I hope it lands tails. And then mm-hmm. flip it, and then however it lands are you are you disappointed
1: are you happy? if you're
2: dis- if, you're dis- cool. if you're disappointed, then just take the other side you're like okay, I, f- I figured it out that's pretty cool that's right
1: okay, and I, I'll try that the next time I, I'll try to make a choice and and yeah, you got to go intuitively, okay so
2: mm-hmm.
1: what would you what would you what would you change if you if you went back in the college years and back at Chico would you do something different? What what do you wish you you knew uh, before? And maybe maybe so. you, you know I know you said you you're gonna say you were taking everything back, but um, yeah, what would you do different? What would you what would you, would you wish you you knew
2: before? Well, yeah, I think wishing you know something before uh, might help you make better decisions. I think think just around the idea that I had to drink to, I wish I would have known how I looked because when you're in that state of mind and and you're, you know, alcohol is the primary driver of like your fun and the thing that you do, I just wish that I saw from an outside perspective, like how I looked as a person, because if I would have saw that more clearly, I wouldn't have done what I was doing. Or I would have like taken the, the necessary steps to like, not do that. And I could, I could, you know, I could be in a different place because of that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shame attached to that. And there's a lot of regret. Um, like, you know, you, you, you do things that you shouldn't do. You say things you shouldn't say that you don't mean hurt people. Hurt yourself, yeah, man. I could have died. There was a couple of occasions I had to go to the hospital. A couple of occasions I went to jail. Um, you know, just shit that you, you're just. I'm not proud of, you know. And just
0: mm-hmm.
2: if I had, if I'd, if I'd seen myself from the outside better, I might have been able to make a better decision. But I felt like I clouded a lot of my judgment by drinking as much as I did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So drinking less and treat yourself. Treat your body and your and and your mind in the right way. Is that what yeah. you would say? Oh, I mean, I think just having the like. If I were to tell myself something and assure myself something, it would be. I would have shown myself what I looked like, because it's it's. I don't know if people don't really respond to just telling them to do something. Like if I tell my if I tell someone, do this. Most people have a react a gut reaction of like well why and they'll like reject that but if i show them what they need to see to make the decision themselves that's when people take action so i would have had to be very kind to younger me if i were to talk to him but i would have shown him the evidence of like what he was becoming and what that would turn into so that he could make the decision for himself
1: Mm -hmm. okay and would you that that is that is great, and um, I really like, yeah, um, it's really cool to um, to to see that you will show yourself and the, what, what the actions, uh, what what he would look like in in a couple of years in order to avoid those kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, what would what would you would you recommend for 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 students for people in college? Would you recommend them to to go and try and try corporate before before even thinking about traveling or thinking about going remote or thinking about uh, those things would, would you recommend to say to, to see that word for people like, like, like you for people like me right so people that are still undecided if they want to travel the world or they, or they want to go incorporate and, 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 and live that kind of life like well,
2: what would what would you say I mean, I would never say to intentionally distance yourself from the opportunities that you think you should take. Everyone's different. So no, not one size fits all in this circumstance. For me, it was very useful to be in corporate prior because it gave me a sense of what a real organization looked like. It gave me a, a, a built-in network from day one. It They gave me amazing training. They gave me amazing pay and benefits. All those things were really important to me at that time. Traveling wasn't. But if traveling is the most important thing to you at the time that you graduate, maybe you figure out how to do that. There's no, there's no one right or wrong way to go about any of this. And that's why I said the intuitive thing is follow what you think that first step should be, and that will show you what your next step should be. So mm-hmm. while I think it can be value, valuable for a lot of people in a lot of ways, I don't know if it's always the, the best step for everybody. hmm right
1: all right so what would you what would you give me a couple of of resources that you think some college students who
0: should uh, in order to understand the stuff in mean, this journey to understand the stuff not, not only for for job and corporate and those kind of lifestyle, stuff but in order for to understand themselves. give me a couple of sources that you you have in mind, resources that you have in mind uh, that could help them uh, could be could be gurus or, or people that you want to follow could be books Could be
2: something that changed your life you know yep. and Un- untethered soul it's a book it's mm-hmm. one of my most one of my most recommended books and fundamentally changes the way that you think about the relationship with yourself and was very helpful for me in some of my most depressive states where you know the world seemed to be coming to an end for me and and you know you just need something as a as a lifeline and that that book was there for me and i highly highly recommend it
1: okay any other people you should follow or think you should do
2: find a hobby find find a creative outlet or a hobby that outside of work takes your time and when you're doing it you're in a state of flow, like nothing else matters, you know, like do something because when you're not able to externalize yourself through creation, you become resentful, you become frustrated. Like you need that outlet. Like I imagine for you, soccer is that outlet. I imagine for you these interviews is, is that kind of outlet. And for me, it's, you know, it's creating the videos that I create. It's playing the ukulele, um, which I'm learning. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. it's playing basketball, it's boxing. At one point it was stand up comedy, it was dancing, like anything that you can do that pushes you outside of your comfort zone to learn and be challenged, but also creatively express yourself is gonna be huge. And then keep a keep a journal. Keep a journal. I think one of the most impactful things that I've been able to do is reflect on what's happened in my life. And if you don't have a place where you're writing that down, you have to rely on memories and that becomes difficult.
1: Yeah. Even because memories, uh, they're not true. Most of change, the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what would you, what would you put in that journal? What are well, I use,
2: that journal? I use the five minute journal. which is, uh, well, he's an advocate for it, but it's called intelligent change. So they have different prompts that you write in the morning and and in the evening. So you write in the morning what you're grateful for, you write what's gonna make the day great, and then you write affirmations, and then in the evening you write what went well, what could have made the day even better. So by doing that every day, it, it only takes a couple minutes, but it's super impactful. It it, it it forces me to think. And one of the things that I think I was challenged with when I wasn't journaling is that, you know, you go to bed and you think back on your day and like, what the hell did I do today? So you actually have to get your, you actually have to get your brain to practice reflection. It's a skill. Like when you force it yourself to write things down, you're, you're flexing that muscle of reflection. And to me, that's the only real way that you can, understand if you're going the right direction or not you know when you when you are able to reflect on what's going well what's what needs to be improved constantly you can iterate so much better than if you're just relying on yourself to remember everything
1: great yeah it's definitely a muscle you want to improve uh, you want to you want to work out and yeah so i don't want to steal more of your time it's it's been great by far, and do you have any parting thoughts for for the audience that I have? So people that are con- currently in the in the very critical years of their life, you know, like they are jumping into a world that is completely different that they're not used to. Uh, do you have any
2: parting thoughts for them? Take the next small step. Stop overthinking it. Just take the next small step you're not, again, you're not gonna know if it's right, right away. And whatever step you take isn't wrong. You know, you you can think back on different things that you did and want them to have, have been done differently, but ultimately everything can be framed, can be reframed into a lesson, into a story, into whatever it is that you need as motivation to get to the next step. So, especially for young people, that get way too in their head about the decisions that they're making. To They wanna be perfect, it's like you're, you're not gonna be. You're gonna to have to be shitty before you're good.
1: Take the pressure out of yourself, off yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. Okay, thank you very much, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. All right, buddy, I appreciate you.
0: And there you have it, the episode with Jordan and Jordan Carroll, the philosopher with <laughs> the title of the remote job coach. Uh, I truly believe that he left some gems in here and they, that I thought uh, deeply about, and I hope you will too. So I really care about this episode. and. Let me know what you think about it. Um, if you like me to go on this route, or if you, if you prefer the tech professionals in the uh, at big companies like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, and Apple, like I had before. Yeah. So a couple of things to remind you before you go away: it is our Slack channel. Join us. I'll leave the link in the notes down here and then you can watch this episode on youtube if you prefer to see faces and not just hearing voices Uh, but you can follow us on instagram as well and obviously i'm very active on linkedin so whatever feedback you have send it to me on linkedin and i'll see you in the next episode bye bye